Well, a very good morning, everyone. How are you today? Good. For those of you who have not met me, my name is Kenneth. I'm one of the pastors here in SMAC, and I'll be teaching you from God's Word today. And it will be from uh, the scripture Luke that we have just been read to us today. So you can get that part of the Bible open as I teach you from the Bible. That would be great. I need God's help, especially this morning. And I know you need God's help as well. So let's pray and ask Him for help. Our Father in heaven, you promise us in your word that when we lack wisdom, we ask, and you who are generous will give us wisdom. Father, I ask this morning that would you please give me wisdom and give me clarity to understand your word from Luke as I seek to teach it. Please, by your spirit, help me to teach it faithfully to my brothers and sisters and to my friends here so that all of us may have a renewed vision of who Jesus is and what he has done. For your glory, in Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Well, Christmas is around the corner again, isn't it? You can't miss it. Almost every shopping mall in KL that you go, they want you to see and to feel Christmas. This year, Pavilion chose a snowy white-blue ambience with a grand carousel right in the middle. Anyone have seen that yet? Some nodding. The gardens opted for a more homely feel with bookshelves and Christmas trees and presents. Well, that is what the malls want to tell us or want us to see in Christmas. But how about you, you yourselves? What do you see in Christmas? Some of you may say, well, Kenneth, that is exactly what I see in Christmas. Rudolph and Frosty, Christmas trees and presents. Some of you may say, well, I see more than that, Kenneth. Christmas is a season of giving. It's a season of love and of goodwill. It is a time of family reunion, of gathering with friends. Others may say, well, I see a special child that's being born in a manger in a stable. Christmas is about remembering his humble birth. Still others may say, I see in Christmas the Christian doctrine of incarnation. God became man and lived among us. Well, this morning, the big question I want to answer is, what is Christmas really about? Not what you see or what I see, but what is Christmas as explained in the Bible? Is it Santa and his elves, a humble birth, God in flesh? What ought we see when we see Christmas? But more than that, I want to help us this morning to move beyond seeing to perceiving Christmas. To perceive is to understand, to grasp, to feel, and to realize the significance and the impact of what you see. For it is only when we perceive something rightly 
do we respond to it rightly? Today's passage helps us to perceive and hence to respond rightly to Christmas. It shows us two persons who have done so, Elizabeth and Mary. So let's begin with Elizabeth. As we read through the scripture, ask yourself this question. What did Elizabeth perceive about Mary's baby? What did she understand about this child that was to be born on Christmas? And how did she respond to that? Take a look at verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. What do we see here? Well, it seemed like an ordinary day, isn't it? Two first-century Jewish women, both of them pregnant, one in the first trimester, one in the third trimester. And they were just being women, meeting up at home, catching up with each other, getting excited about Breston Hicks over morning tea. But there is more than meets the eye here. Enabled by the Spirit, Elizabeth perceived what was actually happening behind the scene. She grabs the significance of the moment. Verse 41. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Right at the doorstep, probably, right after Mary greeted her, Elizabeth realized that this wasn't just another nice day where a cousin visited. And she wasn't experiencing just another routine contraction. No. For when her baby heard Mary at the door, he not only leaped, but he leaped for joy. The baby, her baby, signaled to her supernaturally the great joy that is found in this person that is visiting her, in Mary. And if you remember what was said earlier about Elizabeth's baby in the previous verses, you know why this is happening. In chapter 1, verse 17, the angel that God sent said of this baby that he will point people to the promised Savior King. This baby will point people to the promised Savior King when he appears. So when the pregnant Mary appeared with Jesus in her womb, Elizabeth's baby leaped in joy. And as a result, filled with the Spirit, Elizabeth perceived she grabs, she understood the sheer magnitude of what's happening at that moment. This wasn't just another pregnancy in the extended family that she's going to rejoice over. No, she realized that she has been swept into something that is much bigger of a cosmic scale. Her use of word, the word leaped, revealed what she actually perceived. The baby didn't just kick, she didn't just punch. The baby leaped. It is the same word that has been used by the prophet Malachi when he spoke of the coming of the great day of the Lord. Those who want to refer to it is Malachi 4 verse 2. Elizabeth knew 
that she was witnessing before her that morning, the execution of God's salvation plan for the world. So having perceived that, Elizabeth just couldn't hold it in herself any longer. Verse 42, she exclaimed, she exploded in a loud cry. She declared to Mary how blessed she was by God to have been chosen by God's grace to be part of his salvation plan, to be the vessel that bears the promised Savior King. And having perceived that, Elizabeth was humble. She couldn't believe she could be counted worthy to share in this visit and these events. She marveled that the worst Savior King was actually visiting her and that her relative bears this significant child in her womb. So almost speechless, she asked, why is this granted to me? Is this really happening? Elizabeth counted an honor, a privilege, to be part of these events that leads to the birth of the Savior King on Christmas. Elizabeth is one who perceived, is one who understood, and one who grabs the sheer magnitude of what God is doing on the very first Christmas. It wasn't just a humble child that was born on that day. It was God's promised Savior King, King of the world that was born. So friends, we see that when someone finally perceives Christmas for what it truly is, it grips you, it blows your mind, it sends you into joyful overdrive, just as he has done to Elizabeth. And like Elizabeth, you will be left at all with what God has done. Let's now turn to consider Mary. Mary has already been told earlier by the angel Gabriel what she has been swept into. Luke 1, verse 31, God told her through the angel. Verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And we have just seen earlier, Mary's encounter with Elizabeth has further affirmed her of what God was about to do through her. And so now in verses 46 to 55 that we shall see, we will see Mary responding to what she has seen and what she has heard already. Here we will also see more of what Mary has understood concerning what God was about to do. Mary begins in verse 46. Verse 46, Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God the Saviour. Can you sense the depth of feelings, of emotions that is involved here? Mary speaks from her soul, from her spirit. She speaks from the very depth of her innermost being. She speaks of her entire being as a person. That is to say, when the good news of what God is doing reached the years of Mary, when she perceived, when she grabs the significance of the news, her entire human being is being overwhelmed. 
Her entire being is being flooded with the great sense of awe and of amazement. She was filled with indescribable joy, just like what we have seen happen to Elizabeth. And friends, such is the drastic effect of the gospel on people. When one moves from merely seeing to perceiving what Christmas really is, you will move from merely singing. You will move from merely moving your mouth to making melody in your heart. Joy to the world, for the Lord has come, takes on a completely different new heights when you perceive what God is actually doing in Christmas. You will be brought to your knees and you will worship God. Like Mary, all you want to do in your life and all you want to do in your life is to rejoice in God, to magnify Him, and that is to make His greatness known. It is not that God can be magnified by us. He is already magnified and He's fully magnified. But in us recognizing that He is magnified, people are made known that He's the magnified God. So brothers and sisters, Christians here today, let me ask you, can you say with Elizabeth or with the psalmist in the Psalm 103, these words, Blessed, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Christians, are you still marveling this morning? Are you still deep down, still amazed? Are you still dumbfounded by what God has done on the very first Christmas? That he has sent into the world his promised Savior King, rescuing you and me from our sins, rescuing you and me from the misery of eternal life, of eternal fire. Is your spirit rejoicing in God the Savior as we look forward to Christmas this year? Or has Christmas become mundane and just another day for you? If that is you, that Christmas is just another day, it has come again. <laughs> Remembering that God became man, you need and I need to do what Mary is doing here. We must soak ourselves in God's word. We must make time this holiday season to read through one of the Gospels again. We must pray and ponder and reflect deeply and so perceive once again what was it that God has done on that very first Christmas. For in verse 47, Mary called God her Savior. Mary recognized that God was a Savior. She recognized that she was in need of saving and in verse 48, Mary explained why she was rejoicing in God. Verse 48, Mary is rejoicing in God because God has looked on the humble estate of his servant, which means Mary recognized her humble position before God. She realized that she has sinned against God, she deserved his just condemnation, and she's in need of a saviour. And now she rejoices because 
God has looked on her. God has acted on her lowly situation. She has acted, he has acted to save her from her sinful state. And verse 49, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, Mary says. That is, God has placed in her womb his promised king, his promised saviour king, who will save her from her sins. Jesus will be born through her. He would live the perfect life that she failed to live and he would die in her place, the death that she deserved to die, so that she may be saved from God's wrath. And verse 50 reveals to us that Mary rejoices in God not only because she would be saved, but she rejoices that God would extend his salvation to all who fear him. So take a look at verse 50. And his mercy is for those who fear him. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Friends, the good news of Christmas is that God's promised Savior King is a promised Savior King not only for Mary, not only for the Jews, but God's promised Savior King who was born on the very first Christmas is a promised Savior King for all, for anyone who fear Him. God's mercy is for anyone who fear Him. It is for anyone who is like Elizabeth, who is like Mary, who acknowledges God's position, His authority, that He is God. Anyone who acknowledges their sin, that they have sinned against God, that they, they need Jesus to be saved from their sins. So what is Christmas about? Christmas is all about God showing mercy to those who fear him. It is about the gracious God rescuing sinners. In verses 51 to 53, Mary speaks with confidence of the future. It is a future that the first Christmas has ushered in. This future is so certain that Mary spoke of it as though it had already happened. Verse 51, take a look. 51. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thought of your hearts. He has brought down the mighty from the thrones. He exalted those, exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. First of all, who are the proud and the rich? The rich, are we referring to those who are physically wealthy? It's more than that. Those who are proud and the rich of the world are those who do not acknowledge God, those who live independent of God. It is especially difficult for rich people to acknowledge that God exists because they are self-sufficient in themselves. But it is not only rich people who do not acknowledge God. The proud and the rich are the people in this world who refuse to acknowledge that God is God and put Him as the God of their lives. Who are the humble estate and the hungry? We have seen that in Mary and Elizabeth. Those who are in humble estate and hungry are those who recognize the humble state that they are in before God. They have sinned against God, they are sinners, and they are in great need of God's grace. They are hungry, 
They're hungry for righteousness that is found in Christ. They're hungry to long and they long to be more and more like Christ. Verse 54 goes on to say, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Here, Mary is helping, help, helping us to remember that. The very reason why God is acting to save not only Israel from the sins, but to save the world from the sins, is because, first and foremost, God is a faithful God. He is a God who remembers the promises that he has made. He has made promises to Abraham that it is through Abraham and his offspring that the whole world will be blessed. He has made promises that he will reconcile the world to himself. Our God is a faithful God and he has acted in Christmas when he became man to reconcile himself to us. And therefore in verse 45, which we have skipped, it says, Elizabeth says to Mary, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Because our God is a faithful God, we can be certain that there will be fulfillment of what that was spoken to her. If you are a Christian today and you are wondering if God would ever come back, if Jesus would really return, it has been for hundreds of years and she hasn't returned. And there are people around us who mocks, who thinks that he wouldn't return after all. Here is the encouragement that Christmas brings to you. God made promises that Mary will be with child and a Savior will be born. And indeed, the Savior came. The Jews waited for 400 years, but God spoke and fulfill his promises. Our God is a God who fulfills promises. He said that he would come. He came on the very first Christmas. And he said to us now that he will come. And he definitely will come because he's a faithful God who keeps his promises. So I begin today asking, what is Christmas really all about? We have seen in this passage, isn't it, that Christmas... It's not about Rudolph or Frosty. It's not about trees and presents. It's not about even giving and love and goodwill. All that cheapens Christmas. Christmas is about God acting to reconcile himself to us. It is about God acting in Christ to forgive us of our sins that we may be with him. And I begin today by challenging you to move beyond seeing to perceiving Christmas. I hope that you make use of this time of the year as we move towards Christmas to read the gospel again together with me so that we may not just see Christmas, but we will perceive Christmas to truly be thankful for what God has done in sending Christ into the world. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you that your spirit works through your word. So please help us as we meditate on your word once again of what you have done on the very first Christmas as our Lord Jesus was born to be the Savior, King of the world. That by your spirit you will open our eyes once again. You will open our hearts once again to be thankful for what he has done. That we will be those who rejoice, we will be those who marvel at you becoming man and live among us and die our death that we deserve, that we may have new life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.